When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 206. I am your host, Greg. I'm here tonight with Ryan. And uh, it's been a hell of a 24 hours, Ryan. But uh, how are you tonight? Uh, Part of me would like to be say that I'm relieved, which I am. But uh, I know that we'll be talking about this further, so I won't get too crazy into that. But overall, I'm pretty good. Wings are on right now, which is mildly disappointing. So because they're losing at the moment. but Overall, they're playing a pretty good hockey game midway through. I was going to say they're losing, but they're not like losing, losing. The score is one to nothing off of a quick blast on the power play by uh, Dougie Hamilton, who sucks. I hate him so much, but he scored. But uh, I mean, they've kept up very, very well with the with the Devils and Robbie Fabry's back. We'll talk about that, too. But he's looked fantastic so far. Um, But I'm good. I mean, work. I my wife quit work. And uh, so now I get to work five days a week from home and yeah, get more work done. I don't have to just spend two days watching the kids. So I'm good. She so she's taking on the stay at home uh, role there. Is that what's going on? Yes. Yes. She will be home Ooh. with the children. It is what she wanted to do. And uh, my, she can do it now. I haven't hit that threshold for Chelsea to have, have that option, though. She already just said the other day that she couldn't do it because we've both been home on paternity and maternity leave the last month and a half, almost two months now. Yeah, I waited until I was at my current job for four years, five. This is year five. So I'm like, I'm good enough and you can go. So nice. We have a show because we spent uh, several of us spent the last 24 24 hours in panic mode, Um, because as you all know, the Detroit Red Wings waived uh, Jacob Verana. And then the entire fan base collectively lost their minds. If you listen to my five minute major on it, you kind of have my overview of uh, what my idea is. I didn't lose my mind. I was just kind of confused considering that he just came back from players assistance. He was going down to Grand Rapids to get his conditioning stint in. It was originally supposed to be three games. They said he'll take the full two weeks and then they waive him. And I figured, well, you could have waived Gustav Lindstrom, you could have waived Jordan Osterley, you could have waived Adam Ernie, and I don't think there would have been any chance that those guys got picked up off waivers. 
I thought maybe there was a chance that uh, that Verona got picked up. There were about eight teams that could do it without having to make trades. They would have had to maybe assign someone to the minors, use their LTIR pool, or they just had straight up cash to do it. Uh, but he did clear today. So, I, I mean, people got my thoughts and I'll add on later, but I kind of wanted to get yours just like from the initial announcement through today, how you kind of walked through it. I mean, my initial reaction was, what the hell is going on? I was driving around Metro Detroit when it came through. So I had notification and text messages coming through that I hadn't even checked until about a half hour after it happened. And we all thought the writing was on the wall for Adam Ernie. And we, by we, I mean, like, I think everyone that's a Red Wings fan for that matter. And it didn't happen, which is still a bit mind-blowing because that's who Fabry was announced to be in the lineup for tonight. So we thought that just made the most sense because we knew that with Verona coming back, he's on his conditioning stint. We knew that it was going to extend. It was, it was being extended for the full two weeks, which meant that they didn't, he could stay in Grand Rapids, but they didn't have to put him through waivers. So we thought, yeah, makes sense. Ernie, it was a good run. Have fun in Grand Rapids, but no, that wasn't the case. It was Brana, who is in the lineup tonight, which is actually, I think, a positive sign, even though he did just get waived, along with Alex Nadelkovic, who's down there as well on a conditioning stint. So now we're all like, oh, shit, he's getting waived now, too. But like anyone else, it was just a a straight up shock because we were talking about it before, like the wings need a pure goal scorer. That is what he is there to do. Jay Fresh has posted several times over. We talked about it. He's what the number two five on five goal scorer in hockey. Yeah, he has the second highest uh, goal scoring rate at five on five behind uh, only Austin Matthews. And that's that's pretty good. He's a what Max called him. He's an offensive game breaker. That's what Mm -hmm. Jacob Vrana is. He basically scores goals at will. Yeah. Twenty what? Twenty two goals in 30 something games. Is that what it was? Yep. So they need it, obviously. But it is what it is. I mean, he did clear th- clear the waivers at 2 o'clock. I think every Red Wings fan that has a Twitter was on Twitter right at 2, seeing which reporter was going to break their email of waivers first. And I think it was reporter Chris that got it pushed, pushed out there right away. I mean, he's in the game tonight. He's down there with Ned. It looks like Cross Hannes also made his return this evening. So now we're kind of in a wait-and-see mode, it seems like, to like what could happen next. But... I don't know. I hope he makes is going to be in the lineup here soon. I mean, he's he can still be son of a bitch. And now Detroit's down two nothing after another power play goal. But does he come back? That I, I think that's where we're at now. Is he is the is the bridge burned with Steve Eiserman in the organization, or is it a hey, we know what's going on. We're letting you take your time to get your shit together. I mean, that's probably a harsh way of almost putting it, but it's kind of how it's, it seems to be right now. Asking um, Ali, who's down in Grand Rapids, he's at the game right now. I asked him how Verona's looking. He says kind of slow and kind of lost. Um, but it's and that's basically what Verona himself is that he's he has made the decision that he needs to be down there the full two weeks. And then after going a little further, apparently the Red Wings management knows he needs to be down there for longer. And I said, it'd be nice to have him by the beginning of February. I mean, if you look at, like I said, how the Red Wings are playing now and now with the injection of Robbie Fabry, that you you think that maybe it's not necessary right now to have him back. But if you want to push 
having that piece is very important. I think then you again, you shuffle your lineup a little more and you have an even deeper team at that point. So am I am I happy he passed your waivers? Yes. But like you said, it's the what's next. So do they try to trade Jacob Rana? Because again, people during the whole freak out, rumors start going around. People start saying stuff that they have no backup information for. Washington's fans come out and say he was a problem in Washington and had all these issues. And that's why they that one's been around since the trade, though. Sure. But it was basically said that Detroit was made to take him in the Manta deal because it was basically an attitude issue for an attitude issue. Now, if that's the same case, well, then I, I mean, I would have had a hard time seeing him extended and he got extended. And in again, he's a game breaking goal scorer, but that only takes you so far if you mess with the entire locker room. Could he be traded? Absolutely. The, the other interesting one has been the buyout option, which I think that wouldn't the wings have to specifically state that that is being placed on waivers with the intention of um, terminating the contract. Isn't that doesn't there also have to be specific reasons? Yeah, for that? it would have been placed on waivers for uh, purpose of termination, which would not be a buyout. That would just be canceling their contract. Uh, the Sorry, buyout, yeah, I didn't, yeah. didn't mean to mix those up. Yeah, the buyout window um, that opens up uh, next. No, it's a while. Six months, I think, until the buyout window opens up. So you've got a long way to go there. But yeah, it would have been uh, waivers for purpose of contract termination, which would be a completely different thing. Right. And doesn't that usually have to be either an agreed upon thing or something that happened? I could be completely making that up, but I just I thought there had to be a good reason for it. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look, but I don't think you can just randomly terminate a player's contract and just be like, yeah, I don't want you anymore, because then teams would just be doing that left and right. They wouldn't right. be waving people and sending them to the AHL. They'd be just terminating their contracts. So I if if those eight teams that could pick him up didn't, maybe because they were too close to the cap and didn't want to go that far, maybe they would trade a piece for him. I don't know. But looking at the his numbers, and like you said, he's only played a handful of games this season. He was injured last season up until the end. So you know what you have in Jacob Verona. You know what he can do. You know his potential. You know that when you insert him in, he's going to go out and score goals. But like you were saying offline before we started, that only helps if he's in the lineup. And he hasn't been in the lineup. So what good is a 40-goal scorer doing for you when he hasn't even played in 10 games yet. No, I mean, it's not like I said, it's not like he hasn't made an impact when he is playing because he has. He's got when he after the trade from Washington, he had 11 points in 11 games. Now, granted, he had eight goals and but five of those came from one game, but he's come out and made an impact in the second season. Uh, this is COVID shortened year, right? No, I'm sorry. That was 2021, 21, 22. Again, he only played in 26 games, had 19 points, but 13 goals. He had two points in two games this season before entering the program. So we know that he's out there for a reason. That's to put the puck in the net. And we're seeing tonight that Detroit's been controlling play, but they really haven't had any true threats in terms of scoring opportunities. They've had a couple, but nothing like to wow you or make things truly happen, I guess you could say, for a lack of better words. But I don't know. I want to see him back up here, 
But now it's again, it goes back to the loans comments. Like who's he, who's he going to play for? Because it's Bergeron and Valino and Soderblom would be your easy way out, if you will, because they're all waiver exempt. Sure. But at the same time, how do you justify that, especially with the, the production that Bergeron's been putting up? Soderblom's got what a four or five game point streak, or did that just come to an end? I think he's like four, four or five straight now. If he hopefully can get another one tonight. I mean, they're not a liability defensively. Valeno's out there more often than not defensively as well, but he's also helping drive play offensively. And he's in, he's able to go out there for PK work. Berrigan's showing that he, when he's got the puck, that the magic's going to happen, which is kind of what we assumed when he would come in anyways, because I've always called him the Zetterberg light with his playmaking and his hockey IQ. But I don't know. I mean, I, Suter, I would you say could that argue, if, but he's yeah, a center. I would say Suter. But uh, he's a center. Sure. It's, you so, just, you flex someone else back to center because you've got Rasmussen, you've got Valeno, you've got Larkin, you've got Cop, Fabry has played center Sunquist. previously. Sonny's played center. So I, I, I think it's easy to make room there. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, again, now we're also going to talk about like what's going on with Larkin's hand, and like, is he still he- is he healthy enough to keep going at center? Has he been there tonight? I've been off and on being able to watch. I haven't been able to actually see how many draws he's taken. I think so. Last game, I believe he took four draws, so he's starting to take. So they're working back into one. I think he was four and zero oh on draws uh, gotcha. last game. So, which yeah. they need because again, that last power play goal that they gave up because they're now they've given up two tonight was a lost defensive zone draw for the power play and New Jersey scored. They've been awful. I think Prashanth just texted or tweeted something out saying that for the season, Detroit's the eighth worst with 40% on, let me double check it. When wing shorthanded faceoff win percentage is 40.8% on the season, eighth worst in the league. And they've allowed two goals since he's tweeted that point. So yeah. Well, that, that'd be my only thing with Suter, but at the same time, yes, you're not really losing much with Suter because I don't think he's been that great on the draw anyway this year. Exactly. Um, but I mean, you are getting more help back. Robbie Fabry is also back uh, his first game. There's a cool little mini documentary thing that uh, he released on like his kind of what happened in his way back from it. His third ACL repair on the 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 one non hurt leg is now hurt. So it sucks, but he's done a ton of work to come back from it. He said that the third is probably the worst he's had, but uh, Robbie Fabry, the past three season, uh, his war is at a 69%, 43 offense, six defense, uh, but his goals per 60 is at a 93%. His a one per 60 is at an 81. His finishings at a 90. So Robbie Fabry has been effective offensively. He's also been effective on the PK at 52%. And it's a much needed, I guess, injection of talent. You take out Adam Ernie, Adam Ernie is sitting Robbie Fabry is in. Robbie Fabry was also the reason Verano was waived so that it could open up a roster spot. But Fabry in, in, he's already having an impact on the lineup. You've seen him get a couple great chances and a couple great breakouts so far. And it's good to have him back because you're getting back to that healthy team. And this is where you say, hey, if Verano is not getting back to game shape like he can or like you think he should, and it was also said that the Red Wings, a couple of Red Wings scouts were at the Vancouver versus Islanders game last night. Hello. Is, is Stevie looking at a Bo Horvat? I would say Quinn Hughes, but that's never going to happen. But 
is Stevie looking at a Bo Horvat? Do you package Verana and a prospect and a pick for a Bo Horvat? Do you send them Verana and Bertuzzi for a Bo Horvat? That's a rental player and a guy with one year left. You maybe retain a little bit of salary, throw in a, a late round pick or a mid round pick, and maybe you get get something that way. But my my fear with that is Horvat's in a lot of money. I think he's going to want over eight million dollars on a seven year contract. And if you're locking up Larkin at nine plus, that's two two centers. That's a second line center making over eight million dollars a year. So it's a little tough to swallow, even with the cap going up. But one could argue two second line centers. But maybe that is yeah, shut up. But maybe that's what's happening right now. Maybe they're looking for a possible trade partner. And I mean, Horvath's also 27 and he'll be 28 come April. So, I mean, he's, if he's a guy looking for term, that's not someone that's Steve Eisenman's going to go out of his way for. Unless you think that that him alone, plus what's on this roster right now and what you're keeping around and what's coming in is going to be a definite playoff team. Like starting next season, which I think they should be a playoff team starting next season, regardless. Because I'll tell you right now, because he's he's having a hell of a year. And I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago, if I remember right, or maybe a month ago. He's got 42 points in 37 games, 28 goals and 14 assists from as a center. I think you kind of want something like that. I mean, just think of the fact that you had a, a, a Larkin Horvat Casper hop as your as your middle. If Cop is your fourth line center, you're doing something correct. And that also means you've pushed Valeno and Rasmussen to the wing. Which isn't a bad thing. Because if you get let Raz go, go ham, or even if that could even mean instead of Cop, you've got Raz in there and you've got Cop on the wing somewhere, which actually might be even more beneficial for him. Yeah, looking at Horvath's chart, 89% war for a three-year weighted average, 74 offense, 32 defense, power play 62. Finishing of a 94, goals per 60, 80, uh, A1 per 60, 65. So, I mean, he's a quality center. He's his first-line center right now in Vancouver. And, I mean, they they say they're not rebuilding. Because initially when I said, hey, maybe trade for Bo Horvat, they're not going to take Bertuzzi, though, because Bertuzzi is just as old and that's not really going to help if they're rebuilding. They say they're not rebuilding. They're doing the Ken Holland retooling. Or rebuilding on the fly yet. They're saying they're willing to trade Bo Horvat and they're willing to trade Quinn Hughes. And uh, Elias Pettersson, they said, is like they're only untouchable. Which to me doesn't make any sense. I think I would trade Elias Pettersson before Quinn Hughes. If, uh, if Pettersson's your only untouchable and, and Quinn Hughes isn't a part of that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's what I said. But I'm guessing that you're only going to get Quinn Hughes if you offer like two first round picks and three really good prospects and some crazy package for him. Uh, otherwise, to me, that doesn't make sense either. Uh, but that that's another thing I thought about for Verona is maybe they're waving him to get him ready, give him more time in Grand Rapids, and then maybe try to trade him. Because it's you're looking at, looking at the lineup again and not being able to confidently factor in Verona anywhere because you don't know where or when he is going to come back is kind of like a big, I would think even a big sticking point for Iserman. Because Eiserman is trying to plan and he's trying to get this team ready to go and he's trying to take that next step. But when you've got a guy who is is coming back, hasn't played for a couple months, gets in for now what's his fourth game and still is really, really rough, like looks lost at the AHL level, it's concerning. 
you're looking at how they're playing tonight and Mario texts me as we were going through, like this is one of the best games they've played in quite a long time in several weeks, them being Detroit, but they just haven't scored. So you, you got to wonder if he's in there for say a suitor on that third line. So you've got Sonny Fabry and Vrana right now. Does he score? Does he score on one of the opportunities that they had at some, at one point earlier in this game? Like that is what you have to go off of. And now again, Sonny helps you offensively and defensively. Does Verona do that for you? Unfortunately not. And what I mean by that is that Sonny's got a vital role on the PK. Verona would not. So now you're trying to move some guys around, and we're also, we're also trying not to get guys hurt again. Larkin, you got to be careful having him out there. Burt coming back, like, that's the other one. Where does he go? You got Zadina coming back. Where does he go? It's... Zadina, I mean, he started the season scratch, so that that is what it is. I think that's where he's going to end up going back to. But you want to make it seem easy, but Soderblom, he deserves to stay in this lineup. Berger deserves to stay in this lineup. Felino deserves to stay in this lineup. I get that he's a great goal scorer, but these guys are all making things happen in their own way, and they're, and they're here for the long haul, if you will. I, I understand that we're going to have to hurt somebody's feelings, but at the same time, like – is it a situation though? Then maybe it, it does become a flip. You scratch Ernie or you wave Ernie and then bring Verona back in. Is that what ends up happening there? But then you can scratch a guy like Sonny without having to lose him. So I feel like Sonny is going to be more valuable having to bring him back and forth. Or do you scratch a Kubelik, give him a couple of days off to give Verona, see what can happen there. But I almost, it's hard to say that with Kubelik because he's got 28 points in 35 games. Like you don't have anything from Verona to argue that. Yeah, the decisions are, uh, I don't envy the Red Wings management right now. So before, like, you could just be like, oh, my God, just get rid of this person and insert them in the lineup as soon as they're healthy. But now the team is deep or deeper and the team is getting better and you have to make these decisions. They're what, the fifth young roster in the league? I think they showed that highlight earlier. Yeah, so it's it's good problems to have because it means that we're improving. But again, I don't envy the people that have to make the decisions because they're really hard decisions. And like you said, there are going to be some people whose feelings are going to get hurt. There's going to be a lot of fans that at some point are going to get angry. And it is where they are going to call for Eiserman's head, which is going to be the dumbest thing they could ever do. Uh, There was already a lot of people that were all over Eiserman for waving uh, Verona, even though it didn't make sense. There were people that attacked Eiserman for it. That didn't make sense because Eiserman hasn't done anything yet that's screwed people over. And people keep trying to point to the Robert Haig signing. And the only reason they did that was because Pissett got injured. But it's it's going to be tough, especially since um, Bertuzzi is going to be coming back. And so is Philip Zadina. So those are the two other pieces that I believe they said next week. Uh, Bertuzzi and Zadina should both be ready to go. And that's yep. two more spots you need. And they're going to have to cut a goalie. And now they who, are. Yep. It's not going to be Huso. That one's as clear as day. If we had last season's Ned, this would have been an easy decision. We'd already have two goaltenders. However, it's not. Yeah. I mean, a Ned, I guess Ned, what we're talking about, is looking pretty good in Grand Rapids tonight. I'm not convinced that he's solidified himself to stay over Helberg. So I had initially said I need to see more out of Helberg in order to say that. I've got a backlog of games of highlight reel saves by Nadelkovich from last season. Yeah, they're saying he's easy. killing it in Grand Rapids right now. 
It's tonight, this, yeah. this defense does not help him at all. And I've noticed that when when Ned's in the net, the team plays like shit in front of him constantly. It's like Howard's end of, end of career. It moments. makes zero sense to me. Though Helberg had a good outing. Though. Now the two goals he let in were extremely soft. Neither should have ever gone in. It was absolutely stupid. But other than that, he made some highlight reel saves. He pulled one out on Sidney Crosby, and it was fantastic. And we end up winning that game, uh, the last game of the year against the Penguins. And Helberg looked good mostly doing it, except for the first period. Ned has looked good in stretches. Ned has looked absolutely terrible in other stretches. But again, Ned's gotten harder matchups. Ned's gotten tough road games. So to me, it's... The easiest way to do it is is also if you're trying to save money, Ned is the obvious choice. He performs if he performs well in Grand Rapids and you can find a partner to trade him to. You keep Helberg as a backup. It looks like Huso can handle the main load of games where maybe Helberg only needs to play, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 games down the stretch, maybe. And you go from there. But I was not 100 percent ready to crown Ned gone this past week but looking at it now and again depending on how he does in this uh stint down in grand rapids a decision has to be made within the next week and that's where it gets tough because at this point then you say okay well now we have to waive ernie if we want to keep giving ned time down there or it's okay sorry ned you're 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 getting traded they've got the flexibility with ernie and maybe even lindstrom to because Lindstrom is still a thing, if you if you didn't remember that by chance. No, he was one of my waiver target. It was Lid, uh, Lindstrom or Osterley were one of my waiver uh, targets when uh, Fabry was ready to come back, and that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to argue Osterley because, I mean, I, I get the idea of Lindstrom because now you've got your balance of left-right all the way through defense, but Osterley hasn't played awful. He's been better than what we've seen from him in the past, I would argue. And the fact that he's helping push the offense a little bit better. I, I kind of like him. He's with Sherratt tonight, right? So so I, I think that's going well. It's weird because, you know, Wallman's getting that bump. But the way that he's now starting to activate with Cider back there, it's actually kind of fantastic. He also had a 99.5 mile an hour howitzer earlier in this game tonight. Sorry, Sherratt is in the middle with Hronik. Mata is, is he, with oh, he is with Hronik. I did see that. Yeah. I think it, that was probably a shift that I saw. Anyways. But no, like Osterley, I think is safe. Lindstrom, you know, I don't think you want to necessarily wave Lindstrom though, because you drop down to six D, you're kind of risking something. Now, yes, you, there are plenty of guys in, in Grand Rapids that they could have go back and forth, which for us would be fantastic because now you're talking about guys like Edmondson, Johansson, uh, who else we got down there right now? You could see a Sabrango, Vero, really McIsaac. anyone anyone on their defense right now could go up, come up and play and do something, or they bring up a Steven camper, even though he, I don't know if he would impact the veteran aspect of things, but I don't know. You could go forward and try to get away with it and see what happens. But I mean, other than that, uh, is there about to be another goal waved off in the USA game? You can only get away with three goalies for one more week, I think. And then after that, it's like, I don't want to say in trouble, but you're going to have a lot of pissed off people again. But again, it's, who's been performing recently and Helberg, you could be the one that, that's argued, but I think it should still be Ned that they maintain because if something crazy happens, if Uso were to get hurt, I, I feel more comfortable with him long-term. 
Yeah, with goalies, it's who can carry the load down the stretch. Is and what I think that Ned would be the, the more appropriate because we saw what he did last year. That wasn't a fluke. He did that in his short time in Carolina. We saw that he could come out and carry the load for this team and have no problem with it. Could he do it again? I think so. Could Helberg do that? I don't know. I wouldn't say that he can't because he's helped he's helped Team Sweden do very well in international play. So it's possible. But to me, it's Helberg and Ernie. Those are your two guys that make room for Bert and Zadina. That's kind of where my head's at at this point. Because outside of that, I don't think any of these guys that are waiver eligible have have been deserving of getting sent back. Yeah, and Lalone even said as much. He said that they've been playing really well together. He's not going to send them down because they deserve to be here. They've po- they've, each of them have positively impacted the team. Berggren positively impacts the team every time he has the puck. Uh, Soderblom's working. It seems like he's working on his defense as he goes, which is good to see. Like we said, he's using he's starting to use his stick and his body more at the same his time. Skating has improved as the season's gone on, I feel like. Yeah, Joe, Joe Valeno has become an impact player. So that line is is very good. Now, Berggren is up playing on the second now where he should be, where we have said he should be for this whole time. And again, we talk about Jake Wallman and and Mo Sider as just a great pair. When you saw it in small stints, it was really good. And then it seems like uh, being paired with Mo, that Wallman is now more confident to go in and make plays and, and shoot the puck and become more offensive, become defensive when he needs to be allowing Mo to become offensive. So it seems like they're they're feeding off each other because I think that Wallman and Sider have pretty similar play styles, though Wallman is a lot faster. They they complement each other because they can both pick up when the other switches switches off. So if Mo's Mo knows he needs to play defensively, Wallman will pick up the offense. If Wallman sees that Mo is going to uh, play offensively, uh, Wallman will pick up the defense. So it, it works really well, and that's the one thing Sherratt couldn't do is Sherratt just fell on his face every time he needed to be heavy defensively. So it, it works a lot better. So I think you, you're not going to wave. You said you could wave a Lindstrom. I'd wave a Lindstrom, no problem. I'd wave an Osterly, no problem. Doesn't matter. I, mean, I, think, I think you'd get away with either of those guys. Now, I don't know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, because now you would. I get, well, I the get thing is, both. Ryan, is that if you if you sent a Lindstrom down, if you waived him, he's not getting claimed. He goes to Grand yeah. Rapids, and if there's an injury, you just call him back up. That's what you do, and because you know that it's not he's not such a valuable piece that someone is going to claim him. So you Agreed. probably wave a Lindstrom or you wave an Osterly when Bertuzzi comes back. You end up waving an Ernie when Zadina comes back. And you're still going to have to figure out some stuff with the roster because you're going to end up at that point just giving players away if if they're claimed. But again, you could do a goalie, too, although Lalone says carrying three goalies isn't an issue for him. Yeah, because now you're getting into the conversation piece of toward the end of Holland's tenure where we're like, you get you're giving away these younger guys that should be maybe be playing in the lineup for free. Now, granted, most of those didn't really pan out, but we're getting to that point with some of these guys of like, okay, well, can we make a trade here? But we look at the salary cap. No, you can't make a trade with anyone, but maybe like eight teams. So it's unless you take a more expensive player of theirs and give them your low value player, which I think is still an expectation we can see coming up on this trade deadline. Yeah. I I think that that's another thing we're going to have to start looking at because the trade deadline will be fast approaching here pretty soon, but we're going to take a break really quick. 
uh, for a word from our sponsor before we uh, close out tonight's episode. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for details. And we're back. So to close out the night, I think we want to dive just a little bit more into the goaltending situation. Again, as everyone had probably seen, we talked about just a little bit that Alex Ndalkovich was sent to Grand Rapids on a conditioning stint. We thought that maybe they were going to do that last week. Uh, Lalone had said that they hadn't talked about it. And then the news came out, I believe it was yesterday, that he was being sent down. Uh, or maybe it was today that he's being sent down for a three-game stint. To where yeah. everyone made the joke that, oh, that's what happens when you get waived. So they're like, here comes the waiver. But uh, Ned, in his past five games, is uh, one and four. Lost to Florida. Uh, lost to Buffalo in a shootout, lost to Toronto, lost to L.A. in a win against New York. Uh, safe percentage in those five games are uh, 87-8, 88-2. Um, he, he got the loss for the Toronto game, but his, uh, he came in and had to make 12. He made 12 saves and had 100% save percentage because they, the team lost the game. So he played well in that game. Uh, 81-0 in the game against New York, he was a 93%. Save percentage. Uh, Some two brutal teams to get thrown into for not having a lot of games under your belt for the season. Exactly, which is why I kind of take Ned's stats and cushion them a little bit. Because if you've got 14 days off and then you come back against the Florida Panthers, like that's not nice. That's not a, a nice situation to throw yeah. someone into. The same thing as if you've got like a week and a half off and then you come in as backup against Toronto. Like that's also you like you come in cold against the Toronto team who's already warmed up. And granted, he made the 12 saves he needed to make and close that game out. So Ned so far on the season, nine games played, uh, two wins, four losses, an 88 save percentage of 409 goals against. It's bad. Those are bad numbers. You, you can't cut those anyway to make them look good. But again, and it's it's not like I'm making excuses for him because I'm not. I've said Ned needs to be better and he does. But Ned's getting tougher matchups. He's getting road games. He's getting put in after a ton of games off, like we just said, against good teams. And I think he's also he, getting questionable defense in front of him. Yeah. And the, the team seems to try a lot less in front when he's in net. So I think getting several starts in a row in Grand Rapids will be good for him. See if he gets that confidence back and then bring him up and play him a couple games and see what happens. Watch him go ham and just get three straight shutouts down there. Why are we losing three to nothing now? Uh, I have no idea. I saw that it was 3-0 and I'm looking through Twitter to see what the hell happened. It looks like Huso was way out of net and uh, it, it rebounded right to the, the devil. For George's but quick play-by-play on Twitter. McLeod is in the slot uncovered, makes it 3-0 after a attempted turnover there, but they brought it back the other way. And oh, yeah. Huso slid out and was about four feet to the uh, the right of the net. 
And there was uh, no way to stop that puck. But, my laptop said screw, screw you and stop kind of <laughs> making my stream go. So, but yeah, I, I guess what are you, what would you do at this point with Ned knowing that guys are coming back? I, I get the sympathy for waving Hellberg again. I mean, maybe the Eiserman's trying to play the case of, hey, this guy, he's been waved several times. Look at how he's playing. You actually kind of want to trade for him, don't you? I don't think he's going to get traded. But at the same time, with a guy like Ned, he's got the track record to back up the salary. And I don't feel like, I mean, you could argue that with Verona, even because of what was going on there in five, five and a quarter mil. But Ned's making, what, three million a year? Granted, it's only this year. I think Ned could be a more suitable trade goalie. But even taking who, off who half needs that, a goalie? Who, who's going to go to? I mean, Edmonton? Sure. Uh, live, love working with Ken Holland. I mean, Edmonton would be a, a perfect scenario for him. You've got a team, but no, actually, no, it wouldn't because they don't play defense either. So actually, that might even be worse. I feel like you want to have Ed for the remainder of the Ned over Helberg, even though it hurts me to let those beautiful pads from Helberg go away yet again, because you know he's going to get claimed. If he's not claimed, I'd be fucking amazed. Well, to look at Helberg's stats, the last five, he is three and two with a win against Ottawa, a win against Pittsburgh and a win against Dallas. And then a losses against Buffalo and Minnesota. Sorry, it was Ottawa. I said I said the wrong team at the beginning when uh, he, the last game of the year that was against Ottawa, which was another really good win. Uh, his yeah, save percentage in his last five games is a 91-3, an 85-3. A 100, that is a, he came in in uh, relief, then an 85-7 and a 93-5. On the year, four games played, that is two wins, two losses, a safe percentage of 89-7, a goals against of 2-7-4. I mean, 89-7 is not great. I mean, in, in any world, but a 2-7-4 goals against is not bad. I mean, no. it's better than Ned's over four. Yeah, and it's helping you win games and be a little bit more competitive because we've complained so far to this point that Ned has had questionable goals allowed and he's put this team behind the eight ball several times over. That's why I keep making the comparison to Jimmy's kind of final year, year and a half, if you will, that he just couldn't stop a beach ball, it seemed like, and it put them behind the eight ball. Now, granted, again, the team hasn't played overly great team defense in front of him but at the same time goalie's there to do something and that's to make saves and he hasn't been making it now yes there have been moments where it's just been like oh shit not gonna make there's no way he could have stopped that and we've already seen that with Helberg even they need to make that one on out of every couple to keep your team competitive and that that's what we're not seeing that's where the frustration I think lies I still gotta think I stick with Ned I, do. I think it's the ability to bounce back. We have seen Ned let in one or two soft goals and then get super rattled yeah. and just play frantically for the rest of the game where we've seen Huso let in one or two and then bounce back and lock it down. And we've seen Helberg let in like the two soft ones and then bounce back and lock it down. And if you if you look at league averages for goaltending over the past 10 seasons, starting in 2013-14, the average save percentage for a goalie was 91.4. In 2014-15, it goes up to a 91.5. But then every year, it stays that in 2015-16. But then every year past that, 
goes down. So right now, the league average save percentage is 90.5. And the league average goals against is 2.95. So that is up. Goals against is up. Safe percentage is down. And I don't know if that's quality of goaltenders because you've had some really good goaltenders leave the league in those years. But you've also had some really good players come in. And you've seen pad sizes shrink within that time frame. You have, I mean, I think the next step is they, they could make nets bigger. But it, they want offense. That's the thing. They're trying to become an offensive league. And you don't want your team to be the one with the goalie that's letting in five goals a game. Or True. they can't stop a beach ball. I, I guess where my head's at, we got Huso signed for three more years. You got Ned signed through the end of this season at three mil. That's price point can drop. And now you've got a 26. He'll be 27 in three days from tonight of recording this. So he's about to have his birthday. If you can sign him for around 2 million for two to three more years. Who? Helberg? Ned. Oh, okay. Helberg's 31. He'll be 32 in April. Am I against having him as the backup for much cheaper? Not necessarily. But I'd also wouldn't be against Ned at 26, almost 27, also being a, a younger, available, and knowingly good backup as well, if, that, if that, that's what it came down to. For nothing. But, I mean, would you, would you take Ned on an extension at $3 million to be your backup? No, or you'd have to take less money. Would you take Helberg at an extension of one point five to be your backup? Well, I mean, you want the one five, but if you, if you got Ned down to two mil, then I would say there's your backup. But is maybe Ned discouraged by not being a full time starter? That's the he other could be, thing. but his play has also made that the, the case. Now that also could also very well mean that he's on his way out because of it, and meaning that he's not going to want to talk a new a new contract because of the Halbert situation. And there are teams that need starting goaltending, so maybe he he sees an opportunity somewhere else to go there and actually be a starter. And I think Helberg's fine with being a backup as long as, you know, he stays in one place for more than three months. Right. So, I mean, we saw Detroit bring it. He was, he was the original Detroit waiver claim, if you will, or attempt at the end of last season. So it's not like this is a chance moment with him being on this roster right now. So maybe the writing is on the wall. Maybe this is going to set up for him getting signed to another one-year deal, and he does become your backup for Huso for the next season or two. And then maybe that is what opens your door because you've got a guy that's 6'5 in Helberg helping out a 6'6", 6'7", Kosa get his legs under him and then now takes over for Huso in three years. I think goaltending, after not having like any of it for a very long time and having guys like McCollum and Jared Coro and just suffering through the goaltending quagmire that was the Detroit Red Wings farm system for that long. And now having guys like uh, Kosa, who has been on and off, uh, Grand Rapids goalies are not good. But they having, haven't been good as a yeah, whole. Having a Huso, having a Helberg, having a Ned, hoping that Kosa puts it all together. And, and I have no reason to believe that he's not going to. Again, good problems to have. And Stevie always seems to be willing to just go pick up a goalie on the fly, which is another thing that could happen too. Stevie could go out and say, buy Ned and buy Helberg and go pick up another backup in the offseason. Because I think Huso's your starter. And I yeah, think Huso's only going to get better. 
But what but, scares me is that we thought this. I mean, we saw what Huso did last season. It, it you could argue is reminiscent of what Ned did in his final year with Carolina. So are we getting the fluff that we saw with Ned last year and we have the regression like we saw next season? I, I would hope not. I doubt it. But I feel like you watch Huso, and to your point a little bit ago, he plays a much more calm game than Ned. You could argue that Ned is a little bit Mike Morazic in the way he gets so crazy in there. But he's a little more of a, a sane Morazic, if that even makes sense. He's a more in-his-own-net Morazic. Not yeah, a 15 feet in front of the net, Marazza. I like, I like that one. I'd be good either way. I would. I, I kind of like Ned because he's 26. Granted, I, again, 27. I'm just going to say he's 27 from here on out. And Helberg's 32. That's where my head's at because if you think long-term. But again, I go back to the counterpoint that I made. You got Helberg with his size and the way that he plays could be a perfect example for Kosa the next two years of seeing how a guy that big in the NHL for as long as he has, has maintained himself and does everything that he does. This is why I don't envy being Steve Eiserman because we can't even decide over it in conversation, even though it should be a little bit more cut and dry for us being like, yeah, this is the guy we want, but it's not because we like each guy for their own reasons. We're about to be sad for reasons other than losing a lot of games. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. But I, like we said, it's, it's a good problem to have because that means that, we have more talent than we know what to do with. And what you do with it at that point is trade it. You can't really be mad because you've got guys coming in that are better than the person being traded. Generally, they're not going to trade the better of the players because that makes no sense. We're not trying to off cap. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially heading towards a trade deadline, because then again, you got another chance to move players as well and, and get pieces back for them and not have to waive people. Um, but I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Ryan, we'll get your final thoughts before we sign off. Final thoughts. Um, bad night for hockey. U.S. is down. I think they've been hosed on two separate occasions on goals. Uh, IIHF is a joke organization, and their rules are even worse, um, as well as their interpretations. And the New Jersey Devils can suck it. So other than that, we have a long week ahead. We may have to delay recording next week too to see what the hell happens or we'll just have to record for sure when we can't delay because we have, we a, guest have a guest delay. yes our guest Never we were mind. supposed to have this week will be on next week uh, and then we, we got we've got a guest every week from here on out then don't we uh yes besides this month. maybe the last week in january we'll see i i've got people lined up yeah good, good go but no, other than that i mean it's 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 frustrating tonight especially because the Wings have actually played a great game of hockey. And for most of what I've been able to watch, because like I said, my computer decided to say fuck off. Um, they've controlled play. They've been strong offensively. They just haven't finished. And that goes to the point of Rana. Does he finish some of these opportunities that Detroit has had? I don't know. It still hasn't answered the call for how poor their penalty kill has been, as well as their penalty kill faceoffs, which, again, has screwed this team over tonight. So there's certain aspects of this team that just have to get better. And I, I just don't know. I don't have a good answer for it. So we'll see what happens. But other than that, Ron is still a Red Wing, for lack of better words. He's, on, he's still getting under contract. So be happy, I guess, in a way. But other than that, already Ryan 33.
my final thoughts are going to be go on your podcast platform of choice, drop us a review. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, go sub to our YouTube channel. All our content's over there. You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We'll give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for hosting us. We also like to give a shout out to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and worked on their amazing people over there. If you use the promo still have a code, white jersey that say go to them. Great. Go do it, Ryan. Uh, talk to Lynn. I haven't talked to her in a while. So, Ooh, speaking of, you need to get on that. Yeah, I know. Uh, you can use promo code Grindline on Howie's Hockey Tape to get 10% off your order. Use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back to get 12% off your order. You can check out our merch at redbubble.com by searching The Grindline. All of our merch is on there. Uh, and again, yeah, go to our YouTube and sub there and turn on the notifications to get alerted when new videos go live, like my five-minute majors that I do when news comes out. And there will probably be news after we record next week. So I will definitely probably be doing another video. But that is going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.